Hello there. Rancho Obi-Wan, the Guinness World Records certified largest Star Wars memorabilia collection. Located in Petaluma, California, featuring the collection of super collector, author, and Star Wars fan ambassador Steve Sansweet. The most powerful Jedi ever. Visit RanchoObiWan.org and subscribe to the Rancho Obi-Wan Virtual Museum. A fun, authentic fan experience. Featuring rare photos, videos, Steve Sansweet Q&As, virtual tours of the museum, exclusive behind-the- seen stories and information and so much more plus your subscription helps ensure the future of the museum it's the rancho obi-wan virtual museum subscribe now at ranchoobiwan.org get tons of cool perks information and history of star wars collecting from the man who knows it best steve sansui while contributing to the preservation of the world's largest star wars memorabilia collection ranchoobiwan.org <laughs> This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much. Here we are on the Scarif Scuttlebutt stage at Star Wars Celebration Tython. Let's hear it for Tython, everyone. Yeah. Well, that seems to be something right out of an alternate universe or pulled from the world between worlds. But I digress. Calling 2020 a year of challenges would be an understatement. But one thing's for sure, Star Wars fans are definitely missing that physical connection we all thrive for at fan conventions and get-togethers. This year, we were supposed to have Celebration, Chicago's C2E2 was pushed way down the calendar, no Dragon Con, it's yet another casualty of this year. But as in every Star Wars film we say, there is hope. Join the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast on today's episode where we all reminisce and recount the tale of long ago. If your first fan gathering would have been Anaheim or you're a convention veteran, this show will delight and surprise you. Rose spoke with Mark Newbold, Star Wars stage MC and contributor on several Star Wars publications, about what it's like to Star Wars celebrate. Plus, a series of voicemails from some of our friends. This is Sean from MRC Tech, and you're listening to the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. Punch it, fellas! to the fastest-growing Star Wars podcast on this side of Moss Eisley. Grab your sunscreen and your blasters. This is the Scarif Podcast. Podcast. 
Hey, and this is Ro and Brad. It is so great to be part of the Scarab Scuttlebutt stage here at Celebration Tython, where the energy is high, the emotions are high, everybody's feeling good, everybody's think, having a great time. And I think we're high too. Tython, Celebration Ty Tython, what the? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, what happens on Tython stays on Tython. That's, that's what I heard. We even said it correctly too, so points for that. That's because I wasn't drinking. Well, uh, a little Carillion ale in you, uh, maybe a port in the storm uh, as a, a storm of the port. I don't know. I, I guess I have been drinking. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's great to be here. Ro, how are you doing? Fantastic. I can't believe that uh, I was telling my son the other day that I was uh, going to start editing the 50th Scarif episode. And he was like, wow, 50 already. And uh, it does always seem like it's just, uh, you know, the pass is just right around the corner. But, uh, you know, we don't do as many as uh, some of our other podcasters, you know, one a week, two a week, whatever. Uh, but uh, 50 does seem kind of like a milestone for us, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, we weren't sure if we were going to get 50 minutes of content out of it. But here we are 50 episodes later. And uh, tell you what, right now it is a great time to be a Star Wars fan. And we have all kinds of reason for celebration right now. In fact, when we started... We are in the midst of Star Wars Celebration Chicago and a lot of big announcements there at Star Wars Celebration Chicago. And you actually got to take part in that celebration. I wasn't able to make it out to the Windy City, but, you know, tell us about your experience there at Star Wars Celebration Chicago. Well, first of all, I'm still pissed because, as you know, uh, I, I did have an extra pass for you. Uh, yeah. You could have been uh, my best boy holding my tripod. Uh, hey oh, but that's another I, story. I, it's not that kind of show, bro. <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely. You know, it's uh, it was a great experience uh, having uh, five days of Star Wars in my city uh, was fantastic. I took advantage of every single day. Uh, I worked some of those days, and we were lucky enough work. to cover yeah, work was it really work exactly 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 lucky enough to cover those uh on a professional level uh and uh extremely lucky to be able to participate on my days off and uh just enjoy some star wars geekery uh but uh yeah we uh definitely missed you here in chicago yeah i wasn't able to go to that uh unfortunately uh, i still owe you a rain check on that one i guess uh 2020 was bad for all of us we're looking forward to a good 2021 and and some good celebrations uh, thereafter. I was able to get to uh, Orlando the year before, though, Star Wars Celebration Orlando. Um, you know, we kind of went on a whim. Uh, I decided, I think, a week, yeah, about a week before the celebration in, down in Orlando that uh, it was a good time to go. Like, I, being in the Navy, you don't get many opportunities to where all the stars align and you get to go to these sorts of things. So I told the kids, uh, you know, I told the four kids, hey, let's let's go down to Florida. Let's do this. We were only able to get down there one day. You know, I'll tell you what, that was a, quite the experience because, uh, you know, we drove down there. And then the next morning we took a picture in the hotel. Uh, everybody's in their Star Wars gear, you know, took a picture of the kids and uh, posted that to Twitter. What was really awesome is that the uh, Star Wars Twitter account retweeted that picture and said, you know, great looking family, looking forward to seeing you here. Didn't expect that at all. So nice. that's how we started off that day. And then, you know, you, you get there. And as you said, you know, as we said at the top, you know, the emotions, you know, it's, it's just buzzing at these Star Wars celebrations. 
wait in line for a while, but it's okay because, you know, you look, you look around everywhere and you see little kids playing with their toys and you see the cosplay. So the wait in line is not bad. Then you walk through those doors and the first thing you see is a giant AT-AT and, uh, you know, Darth Revan standing there sword fighting or, or you know, lightsaber dueling against Vader, stuff like that. And you're just immediately blown away. We only got to, we were only down there for a couple of days, but, uh, it was totally worth it. You know, so much good, uh, um, merchandise to look through. Uh, you don't have to buy anything when you go to Star Wars Celebration. You can just sure. look, you know, window shop. Um, but the kids, you know, they got to meet the uh, the Mando Mercs down there. Uh, so many great panels. Uh, we got to see, like, the uh, women of Star Wars. That was a great panel. We got to see the making of Rogue One and how they uh, made Tarkin's uh, CGI character, uh, all the work that went to that. So just amazing experiences that we had there. Uh, only I think yeah we're only at the celebration for one day, but uh, and I don't think we were, we would have run out of things to do had we stayed the whole time, but you know that's a lifelong memorable experience there. Star Wars Celebration Chicago was not the uh, the my first. Uh, I I was also at the one in Indianapolis and I can't remember which one. I think they did too. I was listening to WSTR's 200th episode and uh, we're maybe what a quarter way into that milestone. Just about but, a quarter. Uh, so uh, they were talking about how Todd uh, was waiting in line and how he saw all the stormtroopers walking around and posing and stuff like that. And he uh, was uh, smitten, basically. And uh, it's really interesting to know that, uh, you know, we were all there at the same time, especially for Celebration Chicago. A lot of our podcast family, uh, Red Five family members were at Star Wars Celebration Chicago. This is way before we even knew each other. So every time somebody posts a picture of Chicago, I'm always like zooming in the background <laughs> to see if I, I'm walking in the background holding a camera or whatever. Uh, but it, it, it really is. It's, it's such, it's undescribable the feeling that when you walk in there and you know the entire building especially in Chicago because the McCormick Place arena is so huge that uh, it's it, I can't even say that it's overwhelming it is beyond overwhelming but in such a, a, a good way in such a positive way you've got fans of every age uh, color ethnicity size uh, whatever I even saw some of those angry Star Wars menace kids uh, running around uh, like uh, you know kids in a candy store so it, it was really great to see yeah and like i said on our most recent uh, mandalorian recap you don't have to know these people ahead of time to strike up a conversation uh, they could have you know be holding a, or wearing a t-shirt of your favorite character and immediately that'll uh, strike up a conversation and then you'll talk for a half hour before you realize it uh, yeah. but you know we've said it many times you know to be a star wars fan doesn't mean you have to get to a star wars celebration you ask uh, a lot on Twitter, uh, you know, from our account, you know, how are you celebrating uh, Star Wars today? You can celebrate Star Wars however you want, you know, whatever works for you, whether it be uh, reading, playing the video games, cosplaying, uh, you know, writing fan fiction, however you want to celebrate Star Wars, that that's on you. Um, but if you can make it out to a Star Wars celebration, highly recommend doing so. Somebody asked on Twitter, how much should I bring? How much money should I bring? Yeah. I responded as much or as little as you want to spend. If you want to sure. go there with zero dollars, it's just as memorable of, a, of an experience. Uh, but if you want to bring 200, 500, whatever, then, then by all means do so. And then just 
you know, make a promise to yourself that you're going to stick to that amount of money because you and I both know you can <laughs> definitely spend way more than that if you, uh, you know, don't you know, constrain yourself. You know, you put out uh, to the to the community to uh, leave voicemails and emails and that sort of thing. And there, there we got a lot of responses to people's Star Wars celebration experience. In fact, we got one email from a listener, and this is from Kendall. Kendall was able to go to uh, two Star Wars celebrations. She went to uh, Celebration 3 in, in Indianapolis, as well as Celebration Europe 2016 in London. I can only imagine uh, what that was like. Obviously, a huge fan base for Star Wars in England, uh, and, and rightfully so. So now was that the was that the Indianapolis that you were at or, or you were at a later one right? No, I think uh, I think it was three and okay. uh, very interesting because you know later on we're going to play uh, the interview with Mark Newbold uh, who uh, also talks about the uh, celebration in uh, his neck of the woods up in England. So that that's pretty fantastic. Yeah, and Kendall, you know, she talks about the the big experiences as well as the small experiences that she had that were just as memorable. Uh, as as the big stuff, uh, I think it's funny. She mentioned a, one of the panels, uh, and for for those who have not been, there's all kinds of panels that you wouldn't believe uh, at these events. Um, you know, whether it be like fan fiction writing, like I mentioned, or uh, you know, probably knitting. You know, there's probably something for there's probably some niche for Star Wars knitting that sort of thing. Absolutely. She went to a panel on Star Wars food packaging. She uh, she brought along an empty box of C-3PO's cereal from when she was a kid. <laughs> wow. uh, and after the panel, she uh, went over to say uh, hello to the presenter and gave him the box, um, hoping that he would find it interesting and uh, hard to come by in the U.K. And uh, you're not going to get experiences like that anywhere else. And uh, merchandising, obviously, is half the fun with, with Star Wars. You know, it's, as you've said on the show uh, many times, it's, it's everywhere now. It doesn't matter what you're looking for. Uh, you're going to find something, see, you know, Star Wars related. I just went to the grocery store and picked up some BB-8 tangerines. So absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we have three boxes of Mandalorian uh, Baby Yoda cereal in the pantry right now. I'm not quite <laughs> sure why we have three boxes of it, but uh, we do. And But the well, kids one, love it. They'll eat it. One to eat and two to open and sell on eBay later. Yeah, but, you know, the dehydrated <laughs> frogs in there, they, they just don't do uh, it for me. But uh, the kids like it, and that's all that counts. But, uh, yeah, she Kendall mentions that it was uh, really cool to be able to meet other collectors and fans that share love for Star Wars across so many different areas. Like you said a couple minutes ago, you meet fans from all over the place. Like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe where fans, you know, this was in Orlando, the one that I went to. And uh, whether, you know, it was England, uh, Germany, Australia, uh, you know, multiple Asian countries. There, People came from all over the world to be there. Uh, just to celebrate their love of Star Wars. So it's a most definitely a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And, yeah, like you said, you got to interview Mark Newbold about those experiences, right? Talk about once-in-a-lifetime. Absolutely. You know, Chicago was special, obviously, for many reasons. Chicago, my hometown, uh, you know, uh, five days of amazing content uh, just running around. But, uh, you know, I, I wanted to talk to somebody. And Mark, um, as you know, is a contributor to Fanthatrax and some of the other Star Wars publications online. So I talked to Mark Newbold about his experience at a Star Wars celebration and what makes it so special. So I'm glad you asked about that. Let's roll that interview. Uh, but any any questions before we start rolling on that? Because uh, it was really a great interview. 
Yeah, you just got to give it to those stage presenters. You know, that people think, oh, that's that's a fun job. There's a lot of work that goes into those stage presenters. Uh, not only do they have to know all the information, uh, they have to have, you know, the whole thing memorized. And you have to keep the fans interested yeah. the entire time. And you have to keep that energy up. Sometimes the energy will, will drift. You know, people get tired there. They've done a lot of shopping, a lot of walking around. Um, and they have to keep them pumped and ready to go for the next thing. So, you know, it, they, they make it look easy, but it's not. So looking forward to hearing the interview. Excellent. So here we are. I'm talking to Mark Newbold of Fanthatrax and other cool Star Wars projects. Let's take it away. It's just a blast. You know, people are all just so excited about the same things that we're excited in so it's like a whole different ball game you know what I mean I just feel like Star Wars is something that's been going on since like the 70s I feel like my parents were into it I'm into it we're all into it now my nephew's into it uh, I really like Star Wars and Star Trek it's the epic storytelling there's so many things that are just far beyond our reach that we can really believe in just a great way of telling stories Awesome. So, uh, Mark, thank you very much for joining us on this very special episode of the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. This is our 50th episode, uh, the Big Five O, and I'm very excited that you decided to join us on this discussion. We're going to be talking about Star Wars fans, uh, something that uh, you know a little bit about, don't you think? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I've come across a few over the years. Let me ask you this, Mark. Uh, first of all, again, thank you so much. This is fantastic. We live in a little bit of a different time zone, so thank you very much for your time. I wanted to ask you, is it... Uh, I know you are a uh, contributor to Fanthatrax and Star Wars Insider. Tell us a little bit about what uh, work you do there and uh, how people can find you. Yeah, um, for Insider, I've been writing there for about, wow, 15 years next year, so since 2006, so... Uh, that's over a, a few publishers and a few editors-in-chief over the years. But, yeah, mostly over there it's interviews. Uh, but over the years I've done different sections. There used to be a couple of sections called Red 5 and My Star Wars. I used to oversee them and done quite a few interviews, as I say. And sadly, obituaries seemed to become a thing that I did for a while, which was kind of odd. Um, but, yeah, it's it's always a fun magazine to write for because it's it's the successor to Bant to Bantha Tracks. Uh, which leads us on to Fanta Tracks, of course. Fanta Tracks being the old fan club magazine and Fanta Tracks being, you know, Bantha Tracks for fans, which is where the name comes from, basically. And over there, I'm the editor-in-chief, so it's overseeing Daily News, uh, overseeing the podcast network, and just generally, you know, grinding the gears and keeping it all going. So good fun. It's all good fun. Awesome. It is definitely good fun. Um, so how did you get involved in this professionally? Wow. Um, that's a good question. I'd always wanted to, since I was a kid reading Bantha tracks back in the day, you know, the old fan club magazine, as I say, uh, and being based in the UK, uh, obviously the films were made here, a lot of the actors were from here. So it was always a thing that I wanted to do or, or at least have something in there. So I could at least look back as a fan and say, well, I had an article in Bantha tracks or, you know, the insider or whatever it might be. Uh, and I got very lucky in that um, Frank Parisi, who was the editor back in the mid 2000s i interviewed him for my old site lightsaber and just sort of said after we'd done the interview i'd love to get something in the insider how do i make that happen and pitched a few ideas and one of them stuck uh which was just covering a, a, an event happening here in the uk called the r2s which was uh hasbro led endeavor where people would make little short films based around the figures of the time and i went down and covered it 
and that got into issue 90. So there was a few years before I got in again, uh, which was around about Empire's 10th anniversary and managed to get a big piece in there. And then it just sort of developed. I became friends with Jonathan Wilkins, who was the editor for a long time. Yeah, I think it was just right place, right time. And uh, I never missed a deadline, which is helpful. Um, not sure my current editor could say the same. But um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, it's it, it worked out quite nicely. So Inside is the, the main thing that I've done in that regard. And I, I worked on Build the Millennium Falcon, which was a, a part work here in the UK uh, and Europe, I think, for, for quite a long time. And that was tremendous fun because that was there was some canon stuff in there, which was a big a big thing for me being a, a, a long-time fanfic writer as well. So great fun. Awesome. Yeah, as a young kid, you know, I'm old enough to remember uh, the original Star Wars when it was not uh, called A New Hope. It was just plain old Star Wars. But uh, I remember... Yeah thinking to myself as a young kid i'm like why are all the bad guys uh british uh and <laughs> you know you, you talk about uh the act you know the actors uh shooting everything in the uk and and you know as i grew older obviously it made sense yeah. um but it's it's just funny like for the the longest time you know just bad guys were british and uh, i thought that was really cool <laughs> it still seems weird to me whenever i mean it's it's the cliche it's the moustache twirling cliche, but, sure, but whenever yeah. I hear an American imperial now, it doesn't it doesn't feel right. <laughs> I just feel like it should be some Oxbridge educated, real posh boy. So that's just me. <laughs> that's hilarious. No, no, I can totally relate. So uh, longtime fan of uh, of Star Wars. What other franchises are you really into? What other does your geekness span other properties as well? Yeah, I mean, Indiana Jones, it's, you can't really consider that other because it's all part of the lucasfilm family sure so, yeah you know, when we were getting an indie film then we get a star wars film and and so on and uh so i, I kind of consider them the same thing but indie's a big one uh but the other one which some people consider the enemy but i don't is star trek um sure. huge trek fan i've written for the official magazine the official website over there as well L love that since i mean it was on in the uk in the 70s and i vaguely remember watching it as a kid uh but really it was it was sort of Wrath of Khan's Search for Spock, once ILM were moving away from Star Wars and into other franchises, and Search for Spock was, along with Temple of Doom in 84, was the big one. Um, and the, their work on that was exemplary for the time, of course. It, <laughs> it doesn't look so hot now, but it was amazing for the time. Uh, and, and just deeply got into Trek. Uh, and then, of course, when Next Gen launched, that was it. You know, Obviously, ILM worked on Next Gen doing the, the stock, the stock uh, Enterprise shots and, and just went from there. And I think, for me, the 90s was mostly star trek uh, i'm a big marvel and dc collector as well so um the 90s was mostly that and then of course star wars starts quietly at the start of the decade with at empire dark empire and sort of builds through the 90s towards the prequels so uh the, as, as the years went on the, the trek went from there and the star wars went from there and they kind of passed to uh i'm, I'm a much more i'm more of a, a a viewing fan now of star trek than a an active fan um because there's so much doing on with star wars it's it, you can there's only so many hours in the day sure yeah yeah that's funny so I, I i'm gonna ask you a question later on regarding all of that and uh you know could just kind of the different uh the different uh things that we have as as fans really to kind of uh, latch on to yeah. uh, but uh i wanted to ask you what your what was your first experience as a star wars fan um that's a really good question i mean it goes back for me, it goes right back to 78 when my mom's best friend who lived over the road, who still keeps in touch to this day, picked up knew knew when I was six years old, I was a big reader. I was always reading, constantly reading. 
never get time now, sadly. But then I did. Uh, picked up issue six of Star Wars Weekly. Uh, and I didn't really know much about it because the film didn't come here till 78. You know, so I hadn't seen the film. I read that. I saw the comic before I saw the film. Um, and remember reading that and going through that um, and not really knowing what it was about, but just being engaged by it. Because I used to read Spider-Man Weekly over here in the UK and you know, Marvel superheroes titles. Um, so that was that was the first real encounter with it as, as, a, as a fan. And of course, by the time the film came out, it was a monster hit here like it was a monster hit for you guys. But we were essentially 12 months behind. Uh, but we all got the toys at the same time. So everyone's playing with the toys. But uh, I suppose as a fan, the first real moment that, that sticks was I was fortunate enough when I was about, how old was I, 12? I got a letter printed in Return of the Jedi Weekly. And that was the first thing I could tangibly go, that's me. Even yeah, though cool. I wrote it under my fanfic name, which was Jan Lamona, which was the character I used to write about. So because it's J-A-N, everybody thought yeah, Jan was a girl, Janet or Janice. So <laughs> sure. I got fan letters to my home. My address was in the, in the thing you put your address in, but uh, I got letters saying, dear Janet, it's so great to know that there's Star Wars fans <laughs> out there who are girls. And I was not happy. <laughs> but yeah, so I suppose that's the first one that sticks. Hey, Scarif Scuttlebutt. This is Amanda, or a.k.a. Jedi Caligula 89 on Twitter. And I wanted to tell you guys one of my favorite Star Wars celebration memories. I've been to several, but probably my most favorite memories are associated with the first one I ever went to, which was in 2010, I believe. It was the first one in Orlando, Florida. And my most fondest memory probably has to be my first ever panel I went to. It was for Star Wars Force Unleashed 2. This was my first ever convention, first ever panel. I went in, we were waiting in line, and then when I went into the room, you could just feel the excitement and energy of the Star Wars fans. I'm a big gamer, so on top of it, it was just an amazing feeling. And when they started up the stage and Sam Witwer came out, and it was just crazy. It was such an incredible feeling. I remember seeing the first game footage to be released of it, and just the immense energy of the room was incredible. I've had many other similar feelings with Celebration, but just that first moment, that first thing I did at Star Wars Celebration was incredible. All right, guys, take it easy. Hey, everybody, it's Ollie K coming to you live from the beaches of sunny Endor, sitting over here drinking some Wookiee eggnog and some delicious Ewok burrs. Yum, yum. Anyways, congratulations, guys, on episode number 50, and I hope to hear another 50 more, maybe another 150, maybe 250. Anyways, congratulations, guys. Love the podcast. It's the best Star Wars podcast uh, outside of this side of most Espa. So anyways, congratulations, guys, and if this comes out this year, then happy holidays, everybody. Let's dive right into talking about fandom. I mean, last year, Chicago had the great honor of hosting Star Wars Celebration Chicago. And as a resident of this great city and as a Star Wars fan, I was over the Endor moon. See what I did there? Uh, it, it was five days of pure coaxium injected right into our veins. Uh, I want to ask you, as someone knee-deep in fandom convention work, uh, for some of our listeners who have not gone to a celebration or a convention, and uh, unfortunately whose first would have been Anaheim, can you describe 
what it's like to to step foot uh, on a stage or just kind of be you know surrounded by other fans what what is that feeling like when you know when we're doing websites or podcasts or we're on social media with a facebook page or a thread you're interacting with people every day so for me i don't know 20 years ago the thought of me sitting here with you talking in real time about star wars and looking at each other as we are even though we've never physically met would seem like science fiction but here we are doing it so that is a great way to meet people, engage, network, and, and all of that. But there's nothing better than getting to celebration, and I've done a few now, and, and actually catching up with people that you know online or meeting people that know you online that you've never met or, or people that quite, some people just quietly follow, you know, and don't necessarily engage. And it's that opportunity to be at the bar and go over to people and say, love what you're doing on your website. I love what you're doing on your podcast. Or conversely, people come up to me sometimes and say that, not so much, but sometimes. And and just the chance to actually engage and put a face to the name. Because I think on, on social media, especially when we're talking about Star Wars, for the most part, age doesn't matter. Gender don't really matter. You know, it, we're all on a fairly level playing field. Some of us have been in and around it longer than others, of course, because we're just old farts and you can't help it. But Actually, when you meet people, it's nice just to put all that aside and just be two geeks talking about Star Wars. So for me, Celebration, it's the best time. And there's other great events, don't get me wrong. We have some cracking stuff over here in the UK. But, you know, being at Celebration is very special because it's our Super Bowl. It's our WrestleMania, you know, so it's very special. Absolutely. Uh, whether your name is Mark or Jan, uh, I think Star Wars, like you said, is for, <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> Absolutely. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, obviously during current pandemic times, we've had to cancel and postpone and otherwise avoid that human connection. You're talking about that, that human, you know, that the, the one-on-one. Um, and I know, like you said, we're, we're face-to-face, you know, virtually, uh, we're yeah. talking to each other, but have you participated in other alternative methods to help keep the fandom going? What are some of the ways that, uh, that that helps fans, you know, continue their fandom? I think this year in a weird way has become, um, for all the wrong reasons, but it has by necessity become, um, almost a good way to help bring the fandom together. Things like zoom, like, you know, like steam yard and play, and yeah, places like this. If you consider this a location, which I, I guess you could, um, it's helpful. So this year alone, we do, I'm involved in an event on the South coast of England called farthest from it's a vintage collectors event. It's been going for about eight years. Uh, so usually three times a year, I'll drive three hours South, stop at a friend, keep on a friend's sofa and we'll do this, this event, two day event. Great fun. Couldn't do that this year. So in March we did it virtually online. Uh, and we were fortunate enough to get Anthony Daniels and Brian Herring to come on and talk. So there's some interesting stuff there. And then we did a follow-up event because obviously it's Empire's 40th. So we did Empire 40, similar thing. Uh, great guests all focused around Empire. So it's doing things that you wouldn't normally do. But also because it's something, it is something tangible, like the recent Rancho Obi-Wan virtual gala. You know, you, had to be, you have to be a member of Rancho and, and sign up to the virtual museum and then you can get in to, to do the gala fantastic fun i can't recommend that highly enough and it's something you can promote because we've all got something to push podcasters websites we're all doing it because we love it but by the same token we're we're content creators so we want people to hear it read it see it it gives you something to 
sort of put your hat on. So that's been really interesting this year. And I think even when we get back to doing physical events, I think probably on the middle of next year, uh, I think these virtual things will, I mean, certainly doing stuff like this won't change now. This is so easy to do it like this. And it's, I think it helps to see each other as well, which is nice. Um, I, I see these kind of things carrying on. Yeah, absolutely. Technology really has uh, opened up the world of, you know, content creators, um, you know, with uh, a, li a little background on our podcast. Uh, my co-host and I, Brad, we started this podcast uh, right around Star Wars Celebration Chicago. I grabbed a mic and uh, headed down there. I work for the media here in Chicago, so I was uh, able to, you know, participate the entire five days. I uh you know shoved the microphone in people's face and talked about the uh, being a star wars fan put together our first show and uh never looked back uh you know it's uh it's been a fantastic experience um uh, not only because i am a star wars fan but because um it's opened up so much uh so many opportunities uh especially to meet people that i wouldn't otherwise have met um you know the the podcasting world has been great um and we you know I'll, again I'll, I'll mention this later on but uh, you mentioned red five and we did we did start a network called the red five network uh just a, a group of content creators not all star wars uh, a lot of geek stuff sci-fi fantasy you know pop culture but it, it has been really fantastic and technology obviously has led you know the way for for all of us to be doing that um so let me ask you this what are some of your favorite celebration moments and not just uh chicago but any other conventions i mean we've got c2e2 here in chicago you know folks uh, uh enjoy dragon con uh in, uh, in uh, i think it's in atlanta yeah uh, but um what are some of your favorite fan moments uh, as far as uh, conventions or celebration um I mean, the original, I say original, for, for the Europe, it was original. The first celebration in Europe in 2007, that was really special. I think because it was pre, well, just about pre-Twitter, pre-Facebook. It was old school forums and chat rooms and just emailing people. So so whilst there was a lot of people that I knew, and I ran a site back then called Lightsaber, so um, we, we were started off as a fan fiction site but basically became an interview site and a news site which is what led me to jedi news and now to Fantha tracks um that that convention i had a booth there so we were there sort of selling stuff for charity we were raising money for charity a friend of mine her fiance passed away so we were raising money for uh, cortical cancer um and uh, met so many people made so many friends people i'd known online people like paul bateman who, who's one of my best mates now but online I'd only known him online. We'd never met. And we met on the final day and, you know, break bread with people. And just that that still sticks 13 years on as being such a unique uh, moment for British fandom. And then to get over to the States, uh, 2012, so that would be Orlando Celebration 6. That was my first one over there. Again, huge, huge fun, amazing fun. But in between that, I did fan days in Texas and that was that was a weekend. That was an amazing, amazing trip. Didn't see anything of Texas. I tell people I've been to Texas and they're all impressed. I'm like, <laughs> I might as well have been in Birmingham. I didn't sure. see a thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you get it. We went to this, it was Fort Worth. So we went to this amazing building that basically looked like a sand crawler, but oh, it was wow. straight from the hotel in the shuttle to the convention center, had a wonderful day at the convention center. So 
hanging out with Jimmy and Jason when they were still doing the force cast and I just started Jedi news. So, you know, there was, there was all of that and helping out with the, the, the auctions and it was just a brilliant weekend. And again, met people I'd met at the first celebration in London, like Joe Caroni and, and uh, Randy Martinez and folks like that, that I kind of Matt Bush and people that I knew and met them again. And Steve Sansweet, uh, who's, who's consequently become a, a good friend as well. And then just, just to be in the States, it was just so different. And that's not a huge convention. I mean, going to New York Comic Con, which I've done a few times now, five times, mm -hmm. that's, wow. I mean, that that's next level in terms of scale. So it's, again, it, it goes back to what I said initially. It's the social aspect. But in terms of stories, I, I do have a cool story. In 2014, uh, Celebration Europe 2, Essen, we drove from London, well, from Elstree Studios, actually. We took nice. Jeremy Bullock, uh, to back to Elstree onto the stages where he shot his stuff in Return of the Jedi. First time he'd been back there. Um, and then we drove him from London on the ferry into France, met up with the 501st in France, Belgium, same again, Holland, same again, into Germany, and then arrived at Essen at three o'clock. Um, and it took six days. And we had stops, places we were going to all the way around. And that was irrepeat I mean, unrepeatable experience. Uh, and that was great fun. Um, wow. Jeremy doesn't do events anymore because his health's not the best, sadly. Sure. But he was uh, absolutely on top form then. Really, really funny guy. Yeah, it's you know besides the fan experiences, uh, obviously you've got uh, little uh, stories like that that are fantastic. You know, even even before celebration, um, I can't remember what what year was the very first celebration. Uh, it was the one in Denver, ninety nine, Denver. Yeah, yeah, ninety nine. Okay, so. Yeah. Yeah, Phantom Menace. So even I think even before that, when Phantom Menace was released, uh, I remember taking a trip to Los Angeles. I live in Chicago, but uh, I wanted to go. Uh, I don't know, just for the experience. I wanted to go yeah. to Los Angeles and wait in line. So we waited at the Grauman's Chinese Theater, uh, the line outside uh, the theater for um, for us to go in to see Phantom Menace back in '99. It was. It was one of the most exciting experiences for me. We waited for like, I think it was like a, a two, two and a half nights, uh, two nights uh, outside, just hanging out with other fans. One of the best experiences for me, you know, we, um, we were in line and I don't know, somewhere at like three in the morning, uh, a minivan full of Star Trek fans came uh, <laughs> and kind of, you know, started egging us on and, and yeah. telling us that uh, Yoda was a plastic puppet, all in good fun. It was, a, like I said, just a really great experience. And that's probably the first time where, I don't know, it's one of these things where you kind of step out of reality and into some different place because... Yeah. I got to tell you, there is nothing. I cannot express how amazing it is to see stormtroopers walking down Hollywood and Vine or just stormtroopers in the real world. And I've got a lot of friends here in Chicago that are part of the 501st. Uh, my friends at uh, WSTR, Galactic Public Access, uh, part of the Red 5 network, network as well. And, you know, we, we've had events here where we invite the 501st and it's fantastic. Uh, you never get tired of that stuff. You never yeah. get tired of that stuff. And I remember... Uh, Star Wars Celebration, I can't remember which number it was, the one in Indianapolis. Um, you know, again, just little experiences like, you know, after hours uh, having drinks with uh, yeah. 
Ray Park and uh, Nick Gillard, uh, you know, the the choreographer, say that 10 times fast, uh, (laughs) of the, uh, you know, of that uh, massive, uh, wonderful lightsaber battle that uh, we all, you know, love. So it's experiences like that, really, that that I cherish, uh, you know, again, just uh, being uh, in this electrifying environment of uh, with other fans. And it's it's just a it's a fantastic thing. So we asked a few people to leave us a voicemail on the Scare of Scuttlebutt hotline, telling us what their favorite moments are. And uh, I'd like to play a few of them if you don't mind. But I, I I've got a question for you afterwards. Uh, so uh, let's roll those clips. We'll be right back. have an incoming transmission from the Scarif Scuttlebutt Hotline, Commander, and we can't withstand a voicemail of this magnitude! Hey, Rogue, this is Andy from the Hall of Chronicles podcast. I never have actually been to a Star Wars celebration. However, I do have a fond memory recollection from Star Wars Celebration Chicago. Um, that was when the Rise of Skywalker trailer dropped and there was such a giddy emotion watching that drop in real time, nothing like what it would have been to be in the room. However, watching (laughs) all of the reactions to it, I still go back and watch trailer reactions from Chicago just because there was so much pure joy and excitement and it always makes me feel good. Um, And I've done that with... uh, uh, the Last Jedi and The Force Awakens as well. But for whatever reason, I always keep going back to uh, The Rise of Skywalker. And when that trailer dropped, just the sheer excitement from the from the high points of the trailer to the, the title of the last movie, The Rise of Skywalker, there being a big rise out of that. And then questions at the end, like, did I just hear Emperor Palpatine laugh and for that moment, there was confusion and panicked faces, and then Ian McDiarmid walks out, and people went absolutely bananas. There are so many high points to that. It's just like a real good, feel-good Star Wars moment. So use this if you would like. This message may self-destruct in five seconds. Roll it again. Hey, it's uh, Justin here from Newtown. Uh, regardless of your question about celebration experiences, I would have to say it was my first celebration, Anaheim 2015. My best friend since high school lived in the area and invited me to go bunk with him to go check it out. This is right before the Force Awakens launches, so the excitement is very high. We get to the convention on the first day, and we're excited to see we got there early enough to make seating for the main stage. Our seats are amazing. Dead center facing the stage on the second tier. They bring out BB-8, who steals the show. I think many of us just assumed he was CGI, so seeing him rolling around on the stage of person was amazing. Uh, when the trailer starts to play, the music, the scenery, and the vibe, it just, it just gives me chills. I'll always remember I got to see something before most people in the world, with people that shared my love of the content. So I, from there, you know, the convention only got better. I stood in line for autographs, Carrie Fisher, Ray Park, Jim Bullock, Peter Mayhew. Carrie, by far, was my favorite, though. She was so full of energy and gave every fan a personalized experience. When it was my turn, she signed my action figure and I proceeded to grab my hand and draw a ring on my finger with her Sharpie. 
And I, I just wish every con would be as great as my experience, uh, my first celebration experience. Have a great day. So thank you, everyone, for those voicemails. It was just incredible, whether it's a celebration. We've got C2E2 here in Chicago, Dragon Con, all the other sci-fi gatherings. Let me ask you this. Why are gatherings like this so important to fandom? What is it about it that uh, kind of draws us to these things? I think in, in our daily lives, there's, there's, there's fools like me who spend hours and hours doing websites and podcasts and writing and magazines and, and so on and so forth. Well, I, I understand I'm fairly rare in that respect compared to most re, inverted commas regular Star Wars fans who will watch the shows and enjoy and engage and talk about it. I think when you get to an event like that, you said earlier how being in these places, it's almost like being in, on a different planet. It's a different plane. It's, it's completely separate. The real world can just go away. You know, when you have a year like 2020 that's just completely sucked from top to bottom, how many of us wouldn't want to be at a celebration right now just to hear the music pumping over the speakers and know that over there's Mark Hamill, over there's Anthony Daniels, and back there's the celebration shop with all the cool stuff. You know, it's it's a it's the best break from reality that you can possibly get with like-minded people who all want to be there as much as you do and all want to soak up the atmosphere. And like you say, you know, you do your celebration stuff, and then on the night there's a Rebel Legion gala or there's a on a Rebel Force radio bash or whatever there might be. You know, there's always something going on on an evening. Or um, my friend Martin Keeler, who uh, put on can hashtag Cantina at Celebration Europe in London, which was an event, a musical event with Ash and Darth Elvis. And David Collins came on and he did it again in Chicago at the Science Museum. Uh, just stuff like that. You know, you can't you're not going to find that anywhere else. And even if you did, it, it's not part of Celebration. So it's just so unique and explaining it to people who aren't Star Wars fans, explaining this room to people who don't get it, when they go, why have you got all that stuff? Why don't you just sell it? You know, because it's, it's exactly, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, it's people don't get it. If they don't understand, you can't explain it. There's, there's a tangible connection to everything in this room as much as to yours. You know, it means something. There's a story with everything. That's why Rancho is such an amazing place. You know, walk around with Steve Sansweet and pick up, point at anything and say, Where'd you get that? Tell me the story. And there's always a story. So I think that's kind of unique to not Star Wars fans, but to sci-fi and genre fans. You know, there's a tangible connection to things. Absolutely. We just did a show, uh, appropriately enough, uh, on May 25th with uh, Stephen, and we talked to him uh, about collecting and, and Star Wars uh, items, and uh, we shared stories. But you're absolutely right. Every piece, like any collector, whether it's, uh, you know, grandma's porcelain cats or, or whatever it is that you collect, um, you know, stories are important. And I think that is probably one of the biggest reasons that we like to collect. We like to kind of uh be part of this galaxy far far away and um you know like you said you know some people don't understand that but uh it's it's great fun so you know we talked a little bit about uh the community and uh we've created uh such an amazing network of content creators uh as part of our red five network of which we're part of and besides star wars there are so many fans of so many franchises, Star Wars, Star Trek, Stargate out there. Uh, any any other Star Wars words that we can think of, sci-fi and fantasy. Uh, you know, it's something that people really dive into head first and, and very deep. 
Um, you know, we, we talked a little bit about why it keeps us, uh, you know, coming back for more, but it is kind of an escape, whether, whether we're living in a COVID year or not, you know, we definitely need, uh, you know, sometimes we need a, a a place to relax, uh, a place to go to, to kind of forget the outside world, like you mentioned, and, you know, Star Wars and sci-fi in general, I think is, uh, is just the ticket. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, any take 2020 out of the equation, if only, <laughs> I wish we could yeah. have just skip it, you know, but, but, you know, generally you go to work, you do your day, you come home. There's always stuff that needs doing. There's always pressures in life. Even if you think you've got an easy life, there's always some kind of pressure. And when you get into Star Wars, you get chatting about it. You watch an episode of Mando or you watch an episode of Clone Wars, or you just rewatch one of the old films or you pick up an old book or whatever. And you get chatting to, like we're chatting now, you you know, chat to your your regular Star Wars crowd, you know, you you know, the old place playground sort of posse. And all that worry and hassle just disappears because we're talking about something we've all got a handle on. We've all got a slightly different opinion about it. That's another beautiful thing about Star Wars, is that not everybody's coming from the same angle. We all came in at slightly different points. You know, even you know, even if you and me came in on the original Star Wars I came in in the UK and it was a slightly different experience to yours in yeah. the States and so sure. on and so forth. You know, everyone's got that, that that unique personal thing. And I think with Star Wars, more really more than any other franchise, it, it really is kind of personal. And, and some people are very protective of that and won't hear a word against it. I'm a bit more pragmatic. So because I've been, you know, and that's just me. That comes down to personality as well. You know, if, if something's working for me, I'll shout from the rooftops. If something's not working for me, you won't hear a peep out of me about it. That's just me. But, you know, I think it's it's very personal and, and unique to people. I think that's the thing. Good afternoon. This is Zeta Rapina calling to let you hear the throne voice that I came up with and auditioned to Timothy Zahn in October of 2011 at Walt Disney World. Needless to say, I was rather surprised to hear it coming from Thrawn's very own mouth come the time he turned up in Star Wars Rebels. I hope you gentlemen are having a wonderful day. Hey, Scuttle Buddies, this is Todd Hoffman from WSTR Galactic Public Access. Ro was asking about your memories about Star Wars Celebration. So I've lucky and privileged to be, uh, I went to three of them. So uh, the first one I went to was Star Wars Celebration 2 in Indianapolis, and that was 2002. So it was to promote Attack of the Clones. And so um, for me... If I can sell, you know, say one thing about Star Wars Celebration, it is just that it's a celebration. And uh, this one was kind of eye opening for me because I've always been the Star Wars guy in in the friend circle. And when I went to Star Wars Celebration 2, it was like everyone was a Star Wars guy or lady. And it was kind of insane. There was just a ton of people all liking the same thing, all enjoying the Star Wars and obviously getting a new movie. There's a lot of buzz and excitement, um, especially for, you know, coming off of Phantom Menace. 
Um, obviously, <laughs> there's a little negative connotation with Phantom Menace, but I think really you don't see that in Star Wars Celebration. It's just really celebrating Star Wars, which is all well and good. And it was really just my first exposure to like a bigger convention. So we took my family down there, and at that time, my son Jordan was about eight or so, seven or eight, and um, it was also his first exposure to just the bigger Star Wars universe, and so it was kind of cool. So that weekend, I believe it was in May, was also the same weekend that Spider-Man came out, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, and so we were able to see that, and so he was pretty much like a spider man jedi the whole weekend jumping across the beds and stuff like that it was just a kind of cool we got we saw that movie and we also got to experience star wars celebration so it was kind of cool and also a big thing for me was my introduction to the 501st and so uh waiting in line to get in one day and uh as we got closer uh on the far side of the street where we're trying to get in there was these kind of cool stadium stairs uh, kind of going up. And then there was all these stormtroopers and everything lined up for a picture. I'm like, what is this and how do I get into it? And so the at that convention, the 501st were kind of like almost like at guards, at doors and stuff like that. There really weren't, there, some of them were walking around, but a lot of them were like almost kind of stationary by guards. And it just kind of brought the whole Star Wars experience. Um, and so I really, it was just super cool seeing all the costumes and the 501st and all that stuff. It was, it was awesome. Definitely, it was one of the most, most memorable experiences. But again, um, yeah, Star Wars Celebration is something you need to experience firsthand. Obviously, if you can't do it, definitely, you know, check out the live streams and all those fun things that they do now in Star Wars Celebration. But I, again, it says it, it's in the word. It, it's a celebration. And so... Um, I would ask that you just, you know, take those moments and celebrate Star Wars together, um, even on a smaller scale now that we might not get back to that. But um, yeah, it's 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 a great experience. I hope we do, you know, hope everything clears up very soon and we get to experience that. But yeah, that's my Star Wars celebration experience. I hope everyone does well. Stay healthy. Stay warm. Uh, you know, slide into a Tauntaun belly if you have to, as winter is coming. But uh, may the force be with you always. Bye. We have a little section that we like to call Sentry Mode, and it's a series of questions that we'd like to uh, uh, ask you. And uh, this will be a lot of fun. Um, just a, a quick little five-question uh, Q&A that uh, we'll try with you, Mark, if you would be so kind. This is Sentry Mode. So here we go. Question number one. If you lived in Star Wars, what occupation would you have and why? I would be a free trader, which is the posh smuggler, um, and uh, I, I would uh, I'd look after my spaceship and make sure it was well run, and I would take all the easy jobs. Excellent, excellent. That's uh, very interesting. Very interesting. All right. So, question number two: If you were in charge of protecting and transporting Baby Yoda or the child, what would be the very first baby item you'd buy him? <laughs> that's a great question um wow i 
based on all the trouble uh, based on all the trouble and all the hijinks that he's getting into what do you think that kid needs he needs a frog-shaped pacifier <laughs> there you go there you go and a bib he definitely needs a bib from last week sure yeah. And uh, I mean, you know, you'd have to register at Babies R Us or something. You know, a car seat, or a, you know, he's gonna need one of those. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised uh, Din Djarin doesn't have a baby Bajoran yet. Yes. <laughs> all, all, all sorts of little things that he needs. Question number three: What color would your lightsaber be if you had one? Purple. Purple. Uh, my style. May style, excellent. So that brings me to my next question: Sith or Jedi? Sith are cool, and they <laughs> and they generally they generally tell the truth, which is something I've noticed over the years. They generally tell it straight, so that's that's to be commended for bad guys in fiction. They're one of the rare ones that actually pretty much say it as it is, uh, and it's the Jedi that are sort of fudging around the truth. Mm. But but really. Given that Qui-Gon is my favourite Jedi character out of all of them, and I wish he'd not been in more than one, just one film, and we'd seen more of him, um, I will probably pick Jedi. Even though, can, you know, the Sith can be cool, they can be unique, you know, they're not really following a format, uh, apart from the rule of two, which I guess you can fudge around like Vader did. Uh, but, but, you know, the Jedi are more uniform, but yeah, I think, I think you probably see more of the galaxy as a Jedi, so that's probably the way I'd play it. Excellent, excellent. We we got to get you back on another show. We are planning to do a show uh, about the Sith Eternal, uh, but we did talk about how you're right. The Sith, we uh, were examining that scene in I think it was Attack of the Clones when Obi Wan was uh, suspended and and caught. He was captured. Uh, you know, uh, Christopher Lee's character came in and started basically just telling him telling him everything that he needs to know and yeah. obi-wan's like no i don't believe you you're a bad guy you're probably lying i was like no he's just he's telling it how it is yeah and uh it's it's a, it's pretty amazing especially now that there, there's so you know so much other information regarding the prequels and some of the extra material um but uh yeah what, what so before we before i go into question number five what is your take on the uh ancillary or the extra material when it comes to canon i know i i always preach the fact that uh the star wars galaxy is such a large galaxy to tell a story in that it uh it should encompass more than just the movies there's just so much material out there for uh you know the writers and and the creative people to kind of tell obviously we've got star wars on the big screen we've got star wars on the small screen we've got games what is your take on um absorbing all that stuff it one is it possible but two do you have to really you know have watched you know uh, countless uh, seasons of of the clone wars to really understand or what is your whole take on that for me i mean we, funny enough we talked about this on this week's uh, making tracks which i still got to edit and it's supposed to be out today so i'm <laughs> gonna get busy later um but yeah it's uh, you know watch all the films multiple times Try and watch Mando at least twice. Uh, Clone Wars probably watched every episode twice, but there's so much. There's only so many hours in a day. Uh, you know, every comic. I think when I was a kid, those old Star Wars monthlies used to get red and red. You know, from from four weeks, I'd read that thing twenty times. I couldn't get enough of it, and so they seeped in, seeped in. Now I read a comic once, it's bagboarded in the collection, and it'll probably never get read again. It's all there to be researched if I need to. So, in in answer to your question. I'd love to think I could be like a Pablo Hidalgo or a Leland Shee and just 
it's all there it isn't certain things sink in if it doesn't sink in right there like we we had a conversation about the the first order the you know, the inception of the first order i've not read all of the aftermath trilogy so i'm not up to speed on what you know what the details are in there but still i feel as a fan who even though i've not read those i'm still kind of spotty on all the details it doesn't feel like they've nailed a lot of stuff down whereas earlier eras they obviously they're much older so they have been but I, I just find now I think if I don't know it, I'll just look it up on Wikipedia or, you know, I'll, I'll research it, I'll find it and or, or lean on friends who know. I'll, I'll happily defer to somebody that's got more knowledge than me on, on stuff. Uh, but as long as I've got a broad idea or, in, uh, you know, I can enter into a conversation about it, I'm, I'm fairly happy because I know I'll pick stuff up. But uh, I'd love to see more. To your point, again, we've got the films, we've got the TV, they're telling their stories. I think as a merchandise project, you want to steer fairly close to those under no, those known properties. I think it's kind of brave to do something like a Dr. Afra, for example, because it's stepping outside of that. But then Afra interacts with characters we know and goes to places we're familiar with all the time. So really, it's not that much of a stretch with a galaxy where there's trillions of planets, millions sure. of which are inhabited. So you could be telling stories in the Star Wars universe with familiar staples like Hyperdrive, The Force, Lightsabers, Blasters, you name it. And never meet. I mean, really, you know, you could live 20 miles from somebody else you podcast with and never physically meet them in your life. I'm sure. the same here. Uh, and yet in the Star Wars galaxy, everybody knows Afra. Everybody's met Hondo. You know, everybody knows everybody else. And it's kind of really, it, it must be like a 0.0001% of people who, who leave their planet because they all know each other. So, yeah. I think they could expand it a bit more, but it, it would be quite brave to do that. So I get why they don't. The things that they're trying to do, at least from my perspective on the Mandalorian is, uh, is pretty gutsy. Uh, they're yeah. starting to, I'm starting to see some connective tissue between the, the story that they're laying out and the sequel trilogy, which is uh, great, uh, a monumental task uh, to begin with, but uh, it, it's really fantastic. People are always asking me, should I bother with Clone Wars? Should I bother with Rebels? and you know it's it's really up to you obviously there is uh you know we could all use a few more hours in the day yeah. but um i'm not going to say it's required reading but you know definitely if you if you do read it if you do uh watch all these other extra stories you know obviously bo katan showing up in the mandalorian yeah. who's bo katan and i know they gave a little history of her in in one or two you know sentences that that she said about her family but honestly, if you haven't uh, watched, uh, you know, Rebels and Clone Wars, um, you're really missing out because there is such a rich history the way they told the stories in those uh, projects that uh, you get a lot more from knowing some of the backstories uh, that we're being introduced to. Uh, and again, not required reading, but damn, if, if you missed it, you missed it. Yeah, because there's so much stuff coming now. It's, it's almost impossible to even think of going back and reading stuff or catching up. TV, maybe, you know, if you can find, you know, 20 minutes before you go to bed, you get a, an episode of Clone Wars in. But generally, yeah, if you've missed a book or I've got a wadge of like the second run of Darth Vader comics, I st I've not got around to reading them. There's a pile like that. And I'm thinking, when am I ever going to get to read these? I want to because I know they're good. I've never heard a bad word about them, but it's just time. 
Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed Charles Soule's first run on that Darth Vader comic. Uh, his uh, The second story uh, I started. Um, but again, you know, not enough time. Yeah. Uh, other things are happening. But uh, what a time to be a Star Wars fan. So let me get, let me get back to uh, Sentry Mode. Question number five. Um, you're stranded on Octo. Luke took all the sea cows, so you got no milk. All you have are porgs and Ewoks. You are starving. What do you do? I do what Chewie did and should have done and finish <laughs> off that pork. <laughs> it looked delicious. I'm sorry. There's lots All of right. them. There's lots of them. There's not that many Ewoks. So I'm kind of friendly with Ewoks, but definitely porgs. Yes, definitely. Bit of spice Excellent. on. Lovely. Little spice, a little uh, chicken tenderizer. Uh, oh, tastes yeah. like chicken. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I'm sure yeah. it does. <laughs> <laughs> This is Sentry Mode. Hello there, Scarif Podcast, and you scuttle buddies out there. I'm Trevor Beast 454 curator of the Star Wars subcategory on Sporkle.com. If you want more Star Wars trivia, check out Sporkle.com slash games slash subcategory slash Star Wars. That's S-P-O-R-C-L-E dot com. Thank you, Scarif Control, and may the Force be with you. such a great time to be a star wars fan uh never in my wildest dreams uh, did i realize one that i would uh, meet so many fantastic people or have so many uh, so much star wars content to kind of chew on it, it's uh, it, it's really been a, a great discussion mark thank you so much for joining us uh where can people find you uh, tell us uh if you have uh, any upcoming projects that you're proud of there's always stuff going on on fanthatrax that's fanthatrax.com uh, we've just launched a weekly, and it's live on Facebook Live and then later on, on YouTube, called Good Morning Tatooine, hosted by uh, Brian Cameron, who does our Cannon Fodder podcast. Uh, so the podcasts are nicely ticking over. So there's Making Tracks, which is the show I do with Mark, which is a, a, a weekly news show, an interview show. Uh, we've got a show called Planet Layer, with, hosted by Claire Henry, that's uh, from the, the, the girls' perspective, essentially. Uh, there is uh, Desert Planet Discs, which is Darth Elvis and Carl Bayliss. That's Star Wars music, so it's it's a musical show. Uh, we're soon launching a show called Start Your Engines, which is myself and Paul Naylor talking about the starships and vehicles of the galaxy. So we're just waiting to get that launched. And then there's Phantom from Down Under, which is Adam O'Brien, which is uh, Star Wars from the Australian point of view. So we've got lots going on on the network. Uh, always news on the site. Um, but yeah, if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm Prefect underscore Timing. It's a hitchhiker's joke. Uh, so I'm always on there talking about stuff and uh, and generally at fan for tracks. So you'll generally find me. And of course, Star Wars Insider, which is getting back into gear at the moment. There's there's lots of I've got lots of stuff coming up in the next few issues. So some good stuff there. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it was a, a, a lot of fun. Um, this discussion about uh, Star Wars fandom and obviously you being uh, right in the middle of it. We really enjoy uh, your material and reading your stuff. And uh, we encourage everybody to, to look for you online and uh, everywhere that uh, you had just mentioned. Looking forward to the new stuff as well. Thank you very much. Really enjoyed it. It's good to talk about this kind of stuff. So thanks for inviting me on. Thank you. No problem. Thank you, everyone, for joining me and our discussion with Mark about being a fan uh, and celebrating celebration. We're made up of fans from all walks of life. But one thing is for sure, Star Wars makes us family. And that's the scuttlebutt.
All right, thank you for that interview. That was uh, that was interesting to say the least. You know, it's it's great to hear his perspective on you know what it means to be a Star Wars fan, how we've been celebrating this saga for forty years. You you mentioned it on the podcast. You know how we're still able to talk about so many different things uh, regarding Star Wars. 40 plus years after the original. So it was nice to hear, uh, you know, Mark's thoughts on that and uh, good, good job with that century mode. I too uh, would uh, eat the hell out of those uh, porgs. They looked, uh, they, they looked juicy. There's some uh, Kentucky fried pork there and uh, you know, good, good on uh, Chewy for not doing it, but not me. I would have not thought twice about eating that pork. Yeah. I mean, baked or fried, however you like your pork, you know, but absolutely, it was a fun interview, a great way to uh, kind of kick off uh, another 50 episodes here at the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. And uh, yeah, I mean, who would have thought 50 episodes later, we are still talking about it. And I feel like we're still getting, uh, we're only getting started on Scarif, but uh, we're definitely only getting started uh, on Star Wars because after last Friday's announcements and all the uh, Star Wars goodness, uh, we're going to be busy for another 50, uh, 100, uh, 200 episodes from now. And uh, I'm looking forward to that, buddy. Yeah, it's like we're, uh, you know, we're at the starting line again. But this time we have even more things to talk about and we have more followers to start with. People are finally figuring out that we're not just a Twitter account and that we do actually have a podcast. And we talk about a lot of different things on here, whether it be uh, The Mandalorian uh, or whether it be deep dives into uh, characters or themes like the Force or propaganda in the Star Wars universe. Uh, you know, uh, we love to tackle it all, uh, big or small, whatever the case may be. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next 50 and e even more after that. So, you know, it's been it's been a blast. And, you know, thank you for, uh, you know, starting this with me and, and making this a fun experience. Absolutely. And uh, thank you for hanging in there and uh, start, you know, going along this journey with me. It's been a lot of fun uh, watching and interacting with everybody, all of our listeners and our followers on Twitter. It really has just been uh, an amazing time. 50 episodes of the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. We are ready for 50 more, Brad. What do you think? I think it's uh, time to deploy the garrison. Why? Because it's always sunny on Scarif. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the Scuttlebutt. Hey, Scuttlebuddies, Ro here. I just want to say a heartfelt thank you to our patrons, wonderful folks who have found it in their hearts to support what we do. We're lucky to have you. Folks like Amanda, Jedi Caligula 89, Joey Rosales, the Salty Crew at Salty Nerd Podcast, Alex and Matt, super fan of all pods on the Red 5 Network, Nicholas Schaefer, big thanks Nick, Chad at Hyperspace and Holocrons, and Jay from Florida. If you want to be even more involved in the scare of Scuttlebutt community and feel like becoming a patron, we'd really appreciate it. Head over to patreon.com slash scuttlebutt. And until next time, remember, it's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you.